0: The Gun Experiment proudly presents Chopping It Up, and here are your hosts, Mike and Big Keith. Oh, yeah.
1: I love the days we get
0: to record podcasts, Big Yeah, Keith. thank you for this coffee, by the way. Yeah,
1: it's so very good. you want to tell the listeners what you tried today? Because it was kind of cool.
0: I, I don't really think it was that cool, but it was a little bit of honey in my coffee. I uh, I just felt like giving it a little shot. So a couple first of... First time you ever did it, though. First time I ever did it. And where'd yeah. you get inspired? Uh, I read it in a book. Uh, it was, um, James Reese, uh, James Reese's character, the Jack Carr books. Um, and, uh, that's his drink of choice. And I don't know. I just got done finishing that book when we were on our trip a while back. And, uh, well now what, three weeks ago. Yep. Have you ever heard of, um, Bulletproof coffee? I have.
1: You ever I have think it? I had it with you? I've never had it. So it wasn't with me. Hmm. Interesting.
0: So. Okay, so we, we
1: signed we, up. A little little update for listeners: we signed up for the a West Point shoot, your second one, my first West yeah, Point shoot. Yeah, did you get approved? Uh, I was gonna say I have to look at the at the end of the show. Let's look because okay. I want to try to get um, squatted with you guys. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't get an email. That's I'm for gonna, sure.
0: I'm gonna go check. Okay, right now, while we're while we're talking.
1: Sure. All right. Well, while you're doing that, I want to remind everyone that we release new content every Tuesday morning. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And as gun owners, we have many, many choices on where we can get our ammunition from. But if you're looking for great ammo at super reasonable prices, look no further than our friends over at Target Sports USA. They even have their own ammo brand, New Republic, that Keith and I have been shooting, I would say, fairly exclusively for months at this point. And uh, the yeah. stuff stuff delivers. I mean, it's great. Um, it's reliable. It's very, very reasonably priced. So, Not too dirty. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. So be sure to sign up for their Ammo Plus membership at targetsportsusa.com, which gets you eight percent off all ammo purchases, free shipping, priority alerts, and a whole lot more, all for ninety five dollars a year. And at the releasing of this episode, Keith and I will have just returned from uh the Ammo Plus day in uh, at their headquarters. Yeah, and uh gets the, got to, get to, the, got the to day we take you. that
0: truck for a test drive.
1: See it, we're gonna steal it. Don't <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> And if you're listening to us and you want to support us and so many of you have, which is awesome, uh, you can uh, join our mailing list, which is growing uh, leaps and bounds. It's awesome. And you can go to thegunexperiment.com and you can join there. And then if you find this episode great, obviously you should be subscribed already, but if you're not subscribed and if you find this episode entertaining, if you find some articles that you want to chime in about, I always say, you know, uh, let your voice be heard. Well, there's no better way to do that than to go to Spotify. It gives you opportunity. If you're a Spotify listener, you can chime in and, uh, someone just did it. I just didn't get a chance to put in the notes. We'll read it next week, but he's a regular listener and I've actually had communications with him and it's great to hear these, these regular listeners kind of giving their feedback. So, Keep that coming, guys. Awesome. We will read it on the air for sure. So
0: update, Um, there is still one slot open in the squad that you need to get into. Okay. But I don't see your name yet, so we got to try to see if we can get you there. Okay, cool. End of the episode with it. Done. Cool. All
1: right. So we're going to get to tonight's guest co-host. Before we do, I want to talk about on-site firearms training. They teach everything from beginner to advanced classes and can make you a better shooter and more capable defender with just about every firearm platform under the sun. Keith and I really like their weekly skill builder classes. We've done plenty of them at this point, and we've gotten so much value from those classes. So if you want to improve your shooting, look no further than on-site firearms training. Sign up for a class today at OFTLLC.us, which oddly enough, I can read now, but I couldn't do it when Rachel was in studio. I I don't know what that was about, but it is
0: OFTLLC.us. And did I, I interrupted you like in between an ad read again? No, you're good. All right, it good, was in between two ad reads, so you're good. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I you you did really well without acknowledging it. So yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. No, now you just brought now you just brought it
1: to the surface and screwed the whole thing up. <laughs> awesome. All right, so I'm super excited because tonight's guest co-host was on the gun experiment back in the summer of. I had to look back, summer of 2021.
0: Actually, a piece of the armor is sitting in the yeah, studio. Yeah, baby.
1: Here. So we tested and discussed his awesome body armor, and now he's back to chop it up with us. So please welcome Todd Meeks of Spartan Armor Systems to chopping it up. Todd, how you doing?
2: You know, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me back. Uh, you guys always seem to uh, reach out to me at uh, some of the craziest times.
0: <laughs> well, we're happy. Uh, we're happy it finally could work. And the p- piece of armor that we have, we did shoot. It's it's missing the uh, epoxy chunk out of the top from a few 45s going through it yeah all right all right that's <laughs> yeah. what,
2: that's 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 what it's used for you know that's uh armor's there to 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 unfortunately not get shot at but it <laughs> yeah. does get shot at and it should hopefully do its job
1: well you'll be happy to know that that our studio adorns a a piece of memorabilia from uh from you guys and it is uh it is up on the shelf and everyone who walks in it's one of the first things they see so we, we love having that in the studio
2: no, that's awesome. I'll have to get you guys out to Tucson, Arizona. We've uh we've added a lot of um, things to uh you know definitely help uh try to make the best body armor in the world. And so uh, you know, one of these days I'll get you out to Tucson and show you around the facility.
0: We were just out there and our flight got canceled. We could have taken a later a later flight and came out yeah, there.
2: We-, we really could have. No, there you go. There you yeah. go. All right. Well, well, you know, next time if you guys make it out here again. <laughs> Sounds um, good now's a, now a good time to come back to Arizona. Cool. So later
1: on in the show, we're going to do a whole segment about body armor, but specifically ceramic body armor um, and kind of stake away from uh, the steel stuff. And uh, But while we're at it, do you want to talk about your new armor that's coming out, the Hercules light?
2: Yeah, uh, definitely. So uh, I'm actually uh, leaving tomorrow morning for the International Chief of Police Foundation's uh, convention in San Diego. Um, and some exciting news that's happening is that uh, the NIJ is going to be out there. And after about 10 years, um, my, the rumor is they're going to announce uh, the activation of the, the new certification standards. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, and that kind of uh, rolls into um, our new RF2 plate, which is uh, the RF2 is going to be one of the new uh, standards for uh, rifle rounds. And so the RF2 plate will, uh, it's a ceramic plate. It's got a thinner aluminoxide ceramic and it has, a, um, an ultra high molecular weight polyethylene composite backer to catch those rounds. Um, it's going to be an awesome plate. It's, uh, under five pounds. It's thin. It's, it's a little over half an inch thick. Um, and it's East Happy size. So uh, ESAPI large is a nine and a half by 12 and a half inch plate. And so it's multi-curve, um, you know, checks all the, the, um, the check marks as far as, uh, you know, uh, comfortability. Now, is that the Hercules light or is that something else?
1: That's the Hercules light. Okay. So that's, that is the, that's rated three plus, correct?
2: Yeah. So that's rated three plus um, under the new standard. It's going to be rated RF2. And so, under the new standards, there's going to be an RF one, which is kind of just standard level three, Um, and standard level three right now defeats you know seven seven six two by thirty nine five five six by forty five, you know the M one ninety three, and then also the seven six two by fifty one, which is an M eighty ball. That's those are the level three standards, Mm -hmm. and uh, right now um, they're good. The RF two. Um, we'll add those threats along with the M855, I'm sorry, the, the 556 by 45, the M855 green tip um, along with the 30-06 uh, JSP. So um, wow. it just kind of, you know, it's a, it's, it's a solid plate and for the weight, um, you know, again, we, everything's manufactured in Tucson, Arizona. Um, we autoclave it, which is uh, you know, again, we found it. That that's the best method to create level four ceramic, uh, level three plus plates. Um, and so, yeah, we're really excited about this uh, RF two plate, level cool. three plus plate, and uh, it will be at the Chief of Police Convention here uh, this weekend.
1: Um, I love that you guys are pushing the envelope. And you're coming out with new stuff. Um, I really can't wait to talk later in the show about you know getting more into the into the weeds on this stuff. I have a lot of a lot of questions. While we're here, you know, we're talking about we're in New York, and you know, New York has passed some crazy laws about body armor. Uh, you still can own it, you can't buy it here. But it's amazing to me the amount of t- amount of times things that are uh, innocuous and and harmless, so to speak.
0: I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at the way you said it. You could you can own it, but you can't buy it. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> 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 um, it's like that's almost like ammo these days.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's amazing to me the. Um, the amount of things that really like harm no one, but you can't have. And so I found this article and we had talked to a guest the other day and he actually broke the story to to me, at least. I don't know about you, Keith, but um, Aaron Cohen from Sage Dynamics had put on his Instagram a memo from UTM who makes like marking cartridges. And the uh, ATF had sent them uh, basically a memo saying that they can no longer sell to Civilians or for civilian use and only for law enforcement and military. You know we haven't heard if if that's the same for like some munitions and other companies, but it's just wild, right? Like it's wild that something that is literally non-lethal, right? You 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 really can't uh, you know kill anyone with that type of ammo. That that is not available for uh, civilian use and it's not like civilians are using it like it's not like we're like going out every day and using it right but the option the availability was there if you wanted that sort of force on force training so keith i want to kind of open it up to you like i mean i
0: know you have thoughts on it but what are your thoughts on it well i mean I, it's the same thing we we talk about you know over and over again it's just i i i don't understand the logic behind it you know it just doesn't really make any sense um other than not wanting people to be more prepared for that type of thing.
1: Yeah, right? I I find the fact that they want us to be, they don't want us to be reckless gun owners. They want us to be trained, right? So in other words, yeah. if you want to get a permit, you have to take a class. You have to take a live fire segment now. That's that's yep. a new thing in like in, in our state, that's a new thing, right? So they want you to be quote unquote trained and they want you to be, you know, properly prepped on how to be a gun owner. But then when you want to go above and beyond and you want to be a good gun owner and make decisions on good shoots versus bad shoots, right? Or when you should use force or not use force, what better way to do it than to actually you get put through scenarios and now they don't want you to. So it's like they want you to jump through hoops, but they don't want you to actually be a good, well-trained tactician, so to speak.
0: Yeah, and and you know, it's funny. They they mention in here that they're, you know, UTM is still allowed to sell to law enforcement and, and military. Uh, we can't, I can't speak for the military, but- we know that most gun owners shoot more than the average law enforcement, you know, uh, qualifier does. Right, and I, I would assume that probably counts simuni- simulations. I, I don't know that, but you would think, right?
1: Right. So, <clears throat> Todd, this is you know, while you you're not in the same industry. This is you've gone through this with your industry, right? You've gone through states saying you can't have body armor, which is a def- defensive tool, right? It's, it's not offensive. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you certainly could chime in on this, both on the article with um, uh, marking cartridges, but also you, if you want to chime in, just how you felt going through it in your industry as well.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, the first uh, regulation uh, towards uh, banning civilians um, to kind of purchase body armor actually happened after the Sandy Hook event in Connecticut. And uh, Connecticut soon passed a law that said you could only buy body armor from dealers or you know face-to-face in person. And so right now we do sell body armor in Connecticut. We can't ship it to um, individuals in Connecticut, but we do have dealers in Connecticut. And that was kind of just a, the start of it. Um, and it seems like it's always after a response to a shooting so you know it's 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 in the news it's a, a you know a political pawn that that some politicians use well new york uh, they, was the buffalo shooting that's what new york it for was us. a buffalo shooting exactly and so you know so it, it i think body armor is an easy one uh to kind of throw under the bus and say hey haha i got this passed we've banned body armor now for civilians use and uh because I think a lot of uh, politicians know that um, banning guns is is, is not going to happen. But if they ban something that's kind of within the industry, they consider that a win. And so they could say, hey, look what we did. We passed these laws to ban body armor. You know, we've thrown them into the the 2A two, manufacturers. And, uh, you know, we did a good thing in our books.
1: And I find a, a, there's a nice parallel between the body armor stuff and bands and the industry and what we're talking about with marking cartridges, because while certainly there are people, uh, civilians who use marking cartridges for training and force on force. And there are certainly civilians who own body armor. Keith and I both have it. Um, and you know, I know plenty of people who do, but I would say that if you took the one third of our population who are gun owners, which is a lot, I would say that that population, also owning body armor and also using marking cartridges probably is very low compared to the total number of gun owners.
0: Yeah. And you might know better than
1: yeah. better than I would with that, Todd. But I mean, I have to imagine that there's a lot of gun owners who they quote unquote own a gun, but you know, it sits in the night, the, the nightstand drawer and you know, that's their idea of gun ownership. They're certainly not going to go out and get body armor,
2: right? Correct. I mean, I think most people that own body armor, to be honest with you, probably have you know, obviously handguns. Um, and then they also have uh, AR 15s, they have rifles. Um, and so um, they feel the need, that's what they need to protect their families. And, you know, y- you see that now with the Israeli and Palestine conf- conflict going on right now. They, they've got extremely restrictive gun laws in Israel. Um, yeah. And now that's that's going to change, guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Keith,
1: we also, because we're talking about stuff getting banned. Yeah. Um, We have an update here, or you have an update here on the forced reset trigger ban. So we had covered this a few weeks back.
0: Uh, What's the update on this? So a federal judge in Texas limited the Biden administration's ability to uh, enforce um, a ban on reset triggers. So, you know, after Mark, so we were talking about, they were basically not allowed to sell those triggers anymore. And there were some rumors that the ATF was knocking on doors or people who had bought them in the past. Um, but, uh, district judge, uh, Reed O'Connor, uh, doesn't block the rule altogether. So it could have an, a broad effect and, uh, appeals to, uh, obviously members of the national, uh, association for gun rights. Uh, this preliminary injunction nonetheless, um, will remain in effect until, uh, they, the whole case goes through, which, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. The, the, the different layers of the process is nauseating, you know, I was so
1: grumpy the other day. I was like, you know, with the thing in New York and it's just like,
0: and you you know, know. we're so distracted because there's still these other big cases going on that Rahimi case is going on. And, you know, it's like, but
1: death by a thousand cuts, you
0: know? Yeah. Well, I keep, I keep going back to, you know, that everybody is saying that uh, litigation is winning, but it's, exhausting It and is, and I hate the amount of taxpayer money that gets wasted yeah. through the process. But, uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I digress there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Todd, do you follow, do you keep up on a lot of the legislation of what's going on with different guns? I'm sure you do with body armor, but
2: yeah, a, a little bit with guns, you know, I'm watching some of, um, you know, uh, YouTube influencers that are are keeping up to date with that. Yep. Um, you know, especially California, um, you know, anytime California passes gun laws, I mean California's, you know, probably ten percent of our sales, which is a huge number. Yeah. And uh so uh, you know, they're always trying to whether it's some magazine capacity or or uh, you know, just outlawing guns in general. Right, I'm um, just
1: curious, prior to New York putting their goofy laws in place, um, was New York a, a small percentage or you know, where did they fall on your sales for body armor? I wanna say about five percent. Okay. Cause it's, it's uh, funny. I always say that, that people say California is m- more restrictive than New York. Or I don't know if that's actually like said, but I feel like that's implied a lot. And I always yeah. say that I think New York is worse than California because California to me has a richer overall gun culture. Yeah. Um, we always joke that like New York's way more fuddy and like more hunt, <laughs> more hunting and <laughs> And I think California is a little more like Cali cool and they kind of like, they embrace the, the body armor and the kind of like run and gone. And, and certainly I think you can hunt in California. I think there's good hunting there, but probably. Yeah. I think,
2: I think you get away from the ocean, you know, and you, and you'll find that, you know, it turns a little more red as far as conservative. Yeah. Kind of like They have out there. Yeah. And so, uh. Um, you know, so there there are some, you know, c- companies that are within this industry um, that are moving out of California just because of the, you know, the the crazy laws and, and they're cracking down and, and, and they d- definitely make it difficult to to be in the tactical industry business mm-hmm. or manufacturing business. For sure. Um, so, yeah, it's a, but it's it's a big state for us as far as uh, consumer wise. Yeah. So
0: I'll, I'll end on track and then we'll go to another sure. article. So So while these Force reset triggers are generally okay now. Uh, it is worth noting that just before this uh, injunction or this, what it was an injunction or stay, came out that uh, a New York federal judge in a different case upheld the policy and said, "No, nope, they're generally machine guns." Of course. Of <laughs> so course. I thought it was worth noting that it's they're generally okay everywhere but New York. <laughs> All right. So, so far
1: the show has gone in the direction of. Uh, all the bad stuff that, that's yeah. happening to to the gun to the gun folks out there. So I thought that we would do something a little lighter and kind of fun and uh, and it may it may actually redeem some of those anti gun states. So we're going to give them a fair you think shake. So? I, we're, I'm just saying we're going to give them a fair shake. So I'm going to set this up. I'm going to explain to the listeners what happened, and Todd, you as well. So I was looking at <clears throat> uh, Ammo.com's. Uh, 2023 Best and Worst States for Gun Owners. And they do it based on like a certain criteria and they do a really good job. I always try to go and look. It was actually very updated from the last one I had seen. And so they, I took their their top five best and their bottom five worst. And Keith sends me this great article about the top Halloween candy <laughs> sold by state. And I said, you know, this is a great bit because I said maybe bad on guns means good on candy, but maybe maybe not. Maybe like they suck on that too. So <laughs> I took the the five best and the five worst, and I basically figured we would vote. Um, so what I'm going to do is, <laughs> so what I'm going to do is, I'm going to read. I'll let you know the 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 best and worst. I will tell you the two candies, but I won't tell you which state picked which. And we're going to, each of us is going to vote okay. and we're going to, and I'll tally it up and we're
0: going to see which is the best. Can, can I just make sure I understand completely? So you're going to give us like a, a, a state that's either gun friendly or not gun friendly. I'm going to give you the, the number one number and one the 50th. The, okay. So yep. the best and the best gun ra- yep. rated and the worst gun yep. rated. And then you're going to give me a list of candies. I'll give
1: you two candies and you got to pick one for those two states. Got it. Got it. And how many got of these them. candies? We're gonna do there's 10 candies total because it's the five best okay. and the five worst. Wow. All right. Oh, okay. All right. So here Wait, we go. Five best and five. <clears throat> and this worst will be cool because you'll yeah. get to learn the best and worst states for gun owners.
0: Well, I'm, I'm just really hoping that a, a state that I wish to end up in has, has good candy, has good candy and good guns. <laughs> yeah. Right. <clears throat> well, you're going to find out. All right, well, let's do it. So here we go. All
1: right. So the first, the, the number one, the best state for gun ownership versus the worst best New Hampshire. Okay which I think is surprising to some, but it it is free. It's not one of the states that I want to go to though. So, and California is the, was the 50th. Also not one. So I don't really care what candy they pick. All right. So they're candies. These are, these are, these are your choices for these Reese's cups or M&Ms. So Keith, I'll let you go first. Which one would you, if you had to choose Reese's or M&M's? Reese's. Okay. That's one for Reese's. Todd, you're next.
2: And so this would be the best candy for that state. This, for? just in
1: your opinion, is Reese's or M and M's better?
2: Oh, Reese's for sure.
0: Okay. okay. Oh God. And I'm going to do a clean sweep. I would also agree <laughs> on
2: Reese's. So
0: your wife has me get Reese's peanut butter on the way yes. home from Hershey's. So <laughs>
1: Hershey's. Three points for the good guys. Yeah. Go, that that went to New
0: Hampshire. Oh, get out! Yeah. Right, so cool. New Hampshire <laughs> chose Reese's. Yes. All right.
1: So they're so um, far. Um, maybe I will go to New Hampshire now. Maybe. <laughs> On your way, go to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Pick no, up some. No, no, it's the
0: only opposite direction. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. So now,
1: second best state versus the 49th state is West Virginia versus New York. Okay. Okay. The candies you have to choose from, and I'm going to mix these back and forth so you guys don't catch on. Hershey's mini bar versus Sour Patch Kids. Keith, you're up.
0: The mini bar. Or a package of Sour Sour Patch Patch Kids. Take the Sour Patch Kids. All right, Todd, you're up, and I'm going with the Sour
2: Patch Kids as well for the clean sweep.
1: Sour Patch Kids, (laughs) it is. Is (laughs) Now, which state is it? Three points for New York.
0: Oh man! Wow! Wow! All right. Okay.
1: Third best state versus 48th is Arkansas and Illinois. Funny how I don't have to tell you which is best and which is (laughs) (laughs) worse. And the choices for candy would be Sour Patch Kids again, but this time versus Butterfinger.
0: Well, just because of the way it went last time, I'm picking Butterfinger. Okay. One for Butterfinger,
2: Todd? I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Sour Patch. We'll see if it sticks again. And I also,
1: and I'm being honest here, have to pick Sour Patch Kids. That is one point for the good guys, two points for the bad guys.
0: Wait, so I got it right.
1: So you got it right. Arkansas oh, was wow. the Butterfinger.
0: I, oh, I listen. I honestly like Sour Patch Kids better, but I'm not going. I'm not. I, I'm just not going to get in that category again. I don't. I just guessed that. I didn't want to be in that group. You can't game it. You gotta go with what you like, brother. No, not there. All I don't right. want to go there. All right, sounds good. <laughs> I like. Listen, I like a Butterfinger every now and again. All right,
1: our next best and worst is Montana versus New Jersey. Okay. Okay, your candy choices are Twix. Versus Tootsie Pop, Keith Twix, one for Twix, Todd Twix as well, and for the clean sweep, Twix for me as well. That is three points for the good guys.
0: <laughs>
1: Montana likes Twix.
0: New Jersey Tootsie Pop's a terrible candy. <laughs> That's a terrible candy. I don't. Candy. Even, yeah. I thought that factory closed, and they're just like going through ba- old stocks though. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, last, this is our fifth best
1: and our 45th worst. So we are looking at Mississippi versus Connecticut. And our candy choices are Almond Joy versus Three Musketeers. Keith, you're up. Almond
0: Joy, but I really like Mounds better. Uh, That wasn't a choice.
2: (laughs) I'll go with Three Musketeers.
1: I will also go with Three Musketeers. That is two to one, for the good guys. Uh, so I will tally this up. We have three, four. You'll be happy to know with a score of nine to six, pro-gun states choose better candy for
0: oh, Halloween. Oh, that is good to know. There you go.
1: There you go. So you can go somewhere- Can we market
0: that somehow? Like how, I, how can two-way people like- uh, <laughs> Yeah.
1: We're better in every
0: way. We're, <laughs> we're we are. Including uh, candy. We're self-reliant.
1: We're independent and we choose very good candy. So- <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I I thought it was interesting. Um, I did not game that in any way. I I chose my I gamed it a couple
0: times, but I (laughs) I, I couldn't bear it.
1: (laughs) So anyway, um, what's your all-time favorite candy? You had to choose.
0: That's that's a tough question. Uh, Kit Kats. I I like Kit Kats. All right. What about you, Todd?
2: You know, um, I'm going to go off the hook here. The Big Hunks, which is a toffee.
0: Uh, Oh, yeah. the, The
2: Big Bars. I don't remember the remember those, those were pretty good back in the day.
1: Okay. So. For me, I love it. I like like less chocolatey kind of stuff. Although, you know, once in a while, like, like a Reese's cup's good, yep. but uh, I'm gummy bears all day long. Okay. I love
2: gummy bears. There you go.
1: Yeah. All right. So before we move on, I want to briefly talk about Four Patriots survival food. I have an update on this Keith. Okay. So for months you've heard Keith and I talk about how much we've enjoyed the product and how great they've been to work with. So they offer survival food, but they offer so much more uh, and now they've done something really, really awesome for our listeners. So the folks over there at 4Patriots have sped up, set up a special page for all the listeners at, and I'm going to read it twice here, FourPatriots.com forward slash gun experiment 10 so that our listeners on our podcast can get weekly discounts and deals. So you go to that once a week and there'll be a, an, an array of deals. I went on today and there's a bunch Um, but you got to act quickly because those deals end at the, at the end of the week. So they change each week. And so like every week you can go in and you can get some different deals that are set up for our, our people and, and, uh, try to take advantage. And it's everything from super expensive. Like if you're looking for an expensive, like, um, what were those, like those generators, Keith? Yeah. The battery, like the battery generators. Um, you know, they have expensive stuff on sale, but they also have like stuff that they had like, uh, you know, some water purifiers that were like $10. You know, so, there's everything in all different price ranges for whatever you're looking for. So, remember, head to fourpatriots.com forward slash gun experiment 10 each week and grab those deals. I recommend you bookmark it and just hit it once a week.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm checking it out right now. Let's see what's on there. Anything good? Yeah, there's like all kinds of good stuff on here.
1: I mean, it's everything from like, like little bins and totes what, to
0: fridges on there. Yeah. They, okay, got, they cool. got lots of stuff.
1: So go check it out, bookmark that bad boy and check it out once a week. So now we're going to get to the second half of the show and we're going to start that off. We're going to go into a deep dive with um, Todd on ceramic body armor. So Todd, I'm going to set you up here and explain sort of why, where my headspace was at with this. So we had a guest on um, in studio a while back by the name of Jared Reston. I don't know if you know of Jared Reston or not. Um, I do not. I do so <clears throat> he's a Jacksonville, Florida uh, police officer. He was shot in the line of duty um, and he wound up surviving the shooting and uh, and killing the bad guy. And he told the story on the air. And so we had this really great conversation with him. And then we got off the air and we were hanging out in studio, just talking and kind of, you know, hanging out together. And we started talking about body armor. I think he might have saw the, the plate up on the shelf and he asked about it. So we explained, you know, how we shot it and all this other stuff. And he made a joke about how his got tested in a different way. And, <laughs> right, um, right, yeah. and so he said, you know, if, if you've never used ceramic, he goes, ceramics, just the shit. He's like, you got to get, you know, ceramics the way to go. And right. so I said, you know what? I need to learn more about ceramic. So I said, what better opportunity than having you on the show and you can talk to us about it. I went online and I started looking around and you have like your Hercules level four and then, you know, like you'd mentioned earlier, there's a level three and it, it seems there's a, some obvious advantages, right? So weight savings is a big one. The one, one big question I have is, and I always hear this tossed around is like the multi-hit factor. And I've right. heard everything from it. They can't take multi-hit. I've heard it can, but not if it's hit in the same spot. So could you maybe just start off with that? And then I'll let you kind of just, you know, wax poetic on, on ceramic.
2: Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so on our Hercules level four ceramic body armor, um, you know, we claim it's multi-hit and it is multi-hit. And so it will take two to three hits as long as they're space, you know, probably an inch and a half to two inches apart. So when we test it, you know, there's a certain area in the upper left-hand corner that we test, we do the bottom right, and then we'll do, you know, one of the other corners or in the middle. And so, um, you know, if it does hit the same spot, um, you you may have a pass-through. You may not. I mean, it, it, it just depends. But the way that ceramic works is is when that round is going through, it's breaking that projectile into fragments and into, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 different um, little types of fragments. And then that composite backer, that UHMWPE backer, is catching it like a catcher's mitt. And so – um, if a round is shot, I mean, you, you'd have to have the worst luck in the world to have two rounds shot in the same place, but it, right. it can happen. Sure. Um, and, and now you're, you're only relying on that UHMWPE backer as your stopping power. And, and that, that, that is not meant to stop, stop the ra- a full round going through because you need that ceramic to break down the fragments. Right. Um, Certain ceramics are better at stopping um, multiple hits. And so, but it gets expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have a level four plate um, that we call our Hercules Extreme um, that will take multiple hits as well, um, n- more like three or four hits. Um, but it's quite a bit lighter, and the ceramic is quite a bit stronger because it's, mm. it's made from a ceramic. Uh, from boron carbide, which is one of the hardest materials on earth. And so the grain structure of that ceramic is just so dense and so tight um, that it just does an amazing job of, of breaking down the round as it's, as it's going through the armor. And so it's got very limited back face deformation. I think the back face deformation um, on, that, on that Hercules Extreme plate, is uh, it was like 28 millimeters, and the NIJ standards are, you don't want, it can't exceed 44 millimeters. Uh, whereas the the Hercules, the, the back face deformation on that is upwards to 40 millimeters. Okay. And so, uh, um, you know, where you're just going to feel it more, you know. So w- when that round impacts, it's going to, if you look at the back of a, a ceramic plate, you're going to see a huge bulge mm. um, in it. And, and that's what the, you know. The inside is going to feel you're going to you, yeah. you may get some internal bleeding or broken ribs or things of that nature. But so my understanding
1: um, is like when it comes to like I'm kind of putting these in separate boxes and you sell steel and ceramics. So like it's not like you it's not like you have a dog in one fight and not the other. Like you sell them both, so you can be pretty kind of neutral here and. Obviously with back face deformation uh, steel is sort of superior right because it's not going to have as much but it, my exactly. my understanding is that ceramic you're going to have a much better chance of avoiding spalling correct correct so you kind of like so. you, the, the 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 surface is better on one and the back the back face is better on the other if you want to want to break it down that way
2: yeah exactly steel uh, you know steel stops a bullet differently where it's ricocheting off the plate and then breaking the fragments as they, they shoot out or up or, or to the side. So you just don't know how that round's going to react depending on what angle, um, it's coming at you. And so, but that's the nice thing about ceramic where it's, it's catching up, you know, like a catcher's mitt, you know, you may get some spalling from the, the, the the ceramic itself because that's, um, breaking into little chunks, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, that's, that's usually pretty minimal because um, when you look at a shot plate, you can normally see the, the the plate is concaved and all those fragments are going inwards with the round to help stop, stop it.
1: So now I was looking at the different ceramics and your Hercules is your level four. Um, and that was relatively light. Um, I mean, I could go on here. Five pounds each.
2: Yeah. So the the Hercules six point nine, yeah, six six point nine on the our our original level four Hercules, um, and on the Hercules Light, which we're going to be introducing at the Chief of Police Convention here this weekend, um, is five pounds.
1: Okay. And so now you you can get much, 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 much lighter if you go into a level 3A. But for the people not familiar with this, 3A really is your handgun round. So you're gonna you're not gonna get any rifle protection by going that route. So staying sort of away from that, because I try to look at like something that's more of an overall stopper. Right. Um so staying away from three A, I want something that can do uh, pistol caliber and rifle. You also have one on here. Your and I'm going to probably screw this up. It's the Elafros,
2: Elafros. Yeah, Elafros. Okay. Yep.
1: So <clears throat> your Elafros is uh, a level three, so that will stop stop pistol and rifle. But what I found interesting about this was the weight saving. So super super lightweight. Um, This was three point five pounds per plate. So you're looking at you know almost the weight of the other of one of the other ones. Right. So right. now my question is is like if you were going to like advise someone to buy um a level 3 versus a level 4 versus now you're 3 plus you know i mean I, that 3.5 per plate is pretty tempting so i'm curious right. as to where the you know where you would steer people
2: you know it, you know what we tell a lot of uh, law enforcement agencies cuz you know they're the prime user of sure. a lot of our armor is what threats are you guys seeing out there um border patrol really likes our level 3 Uh, Ella plates. Yep. Um, the reason why is because it's so light and and they're, they're moving, you know, that, you know, if they face a threat, they'd rather be, and most of those guys are in pretty good shape. And so they want to be able to move quick and be nimble. And so they like the, the, the pure UHM WPE composite Ella plates. Um, and also the, the forest service, you know, you wouldn't mm-hmm. think of why the heck, are, you know, is uh, the forest service wearing body armor? Um, they're wearing it because they're doing these uh, um, illegal marijuana cannabis grows mm. and, and they're going into the forest to, to eradicate, you know, the crops in there. And so they face all these uh, cartel um, members in there and, and the cartel members have AK 47s. And so. This level three plate will will defeat that. So, will the level um, three stop
1: AR rounds or no? It
2: it will stop AR rounds. Um, what it won't stop is the, those kind of special threat rounds. The the M eight five five and the the M one ninety three.
1: What are mm-hmm. so I always like lose track of all those like nomenclature? What are those? Is that your green tips?
2: Yeah, that's it's your your green tips, and then the the M one ninety three is the five five six by forty five. Okay. Gotcha. And then um, it, it'll also stop the 762 by 39. Um, you know, what, what happened, which is cr- crazy during COVID, you know, is that as you guys know, ammo um, became scarce. And so Mm -hmm. the only thing left on the shelf was uh, the five, five, six by 45, the the green tip. (laughs) And so, so law enforcement is now seeing a lot of the green tip because, you know, that was uh, the last (laughs) thing left on the shelf during COVID. And so a lot of people stocked on it.
0: That's true. Yeah. yeah. I I remember, uh, I remember going like to Cabela's in like a totally different state, a couple states away during COVID. And, um, and that was all that was, that was all that was there. And until you reminded me that you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, so people started buying the green tip, you know, because it was kind of the last thing left on the shelves, and so. Um, but that's where the level three plus plate or the RF two plate um, is coming more into play right now because of those special threats that, gotcha. that you know that they're seeing out there right now. Yeah, and I would venture to say, like, if for the
1: average listener, if you're a civilian. Um, I mean, there's a lot, of, a lot of things you could think of as a civilian. I mean, first off, you're probably not running around with it all day long. So steel might be fine for you. But maybe if you're like, hey, I'm going to do some training in this stuff. And, you know, you take an eight-hour course and you're carrying body armor, like that could get heavy real quick.
0: Yeah. It, yeah, we, it we, seems we've like you tried it a
1: couple times to, uh,
0: for training yeah. sessions, and it's tough.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. you look at these level three, it's like, you know, for the most part, you're probably not going to be under too much threat. And, you know, you probably could get away with the level three if you want that super lightweight— but you right. know, maybe the middle ground of like a five pound plate is not a bad place to be either. So
2: right, exactly. And and you know, just speaking of training, I mean, a lot of guys like yourself will go out to training, um, and and you got to take a look around at what your buddies are shooting because yeah. if there's a mishap too, yeah. you want to make sure that you know the the body armor that you're wearing is will 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 defeat the the threats that you're training with. I know and an so. instructor.
1: Who, when he does instructing, he always wears—he wears soft body armor, but he always wears body armor. Uh-huh. And um, I asked him one time. He's like, "I'm just around it so much hmm. that the chances are just elevated because of how often I'm around it." Which you know, listen—you could mock him or or not agree with no. that, but that's his—that's his theory. And it's I have to tell wrong. you, sometimes when I go to the the club, you know, when we go to the club. I mean, I've seen holes in the range house
0: where, Oh yeah. You know, let me, I, when you shoot trap, you know, you'll see, you'll see a couple, uh, a couple <laughs> shotgun, <laughs> uh, you know, patterns in the front of the trap house too. So it happens. Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, Todd, I wanted to ask you how, how do the, uh, how are the backpacks selling?
2: You know, um,
0: they always sell well. I mean,
2: right now, um, you know, they really, you know, whenever, unfortunately there's a sh- sh- school shooting, you yep. um, you know, the last one was Uvaldi, the last major one. Um, you know, so so we do see a lot of that. Because there's a lot of parents that are pro 2A and, and they want to do something instead of yep. nothing. Um, and so th- this is something, you know, the, the backpack armor is level 3A, so it's going to defeat any handgun threat. Um, we're trying to figure out, because we would have to do kind of like the Elifrost plate yep. uh, to create a backpack panel. Um, that could stop, you know, air 15 threats, but again, um, the price point, you know, it's not like you want to put a, a four or five pound, you know, paper, you know, piece of body armor in a, in a 10 year old's backpack to to lug around. I mean, they've got books and stuff like that. So, um, so it's, it's a tough one, but you know, the, the, the level three, a, um, you know, every once in a while, um, you know, 90% of the threats that, that, people see out there are through handguns. It's just school shootings. They're, they're more like 75% are with AR-15s. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a, a tough situation. The other question I had
1: for you in terms of the body armor is, is 10 by 12, like a standard size? So it's like in most stand- plate carriers, is where I guess am going with
2: this. Yeah. So, so 10 by 10, 10 by 12 is what the, the NIJ requires um, the, the plate to be, for NIJ certification. Mm-hmm. And so when we send in level three plates for certification, it has to be tw- 10 by 12. And, and same with the uh, level four. Um, a lot of the military guys out there, they like the the ESAPI plates. And so uh, um, we designed most of our carriers to be you know, to fit those ESAPI plates. And, and again, the ESAPI large, which is nine and a half by 12 and a half, mm-hmm. um, is kind of the standard size that fits probably 80, 90% of the guys out there. Gotcha. Um, and actually that's, uh, you know, just to elaborate on your question, we're actually coming out with a, a new, it's called a plate bag instead of a plate carrier. And um, these plate bags are specifically designed for specific armor of ours. And so um, we're going to have a um, a plate bag um, specifically designed for the Hercules level four plates and then one for the Elafros plates where you won't get that sloshing around that you kind of get right now in some plate carriers, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of fit all armor. This is more uh, custom designed just for our carriers. And, and we're working with a company called Dynamic Principles out of Tennessee to uh, to do that. So we're pretty excited to to launch that too.
1: All right. So uh, we're going to move on a little bit. And Keith, you have an article here about a store employee who was shot putting groceries in a
0: customer's car, which. Actually, I had read this. I don't think I forwarded it to you. I think somebody. uh, Oh, yes, that's right. One of our listeners. That's right. So
1: nine millimeter is my love language. If you're out there listening, (laughs) (laughs) he sent this to me and he said only in Texas. And uh, I said, you know what? I like this. I said, I'm going to put it in the show. That's right, Keith. You had read it on your own.
0: Yeah, you sent it to me. And I said, oh, I said, I can't believe I forgot to send that to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, but 9 millimeters is my love language. Thank you for sending this in. And if you're out there and you're listening and you Please find send some, more. send stuff. You yeah. Know, we're not not guaranteed we'll use it, but we're always looking for funny stuff or or things you want to talk about. This so. is not funny. <laughs> no, this one's not <laughs>
0: Definitely not. <laughs> well, police are investigating a uh, an accidental shooting that that took place in a grocery store uh, in Texas. Well, it Does seem like these things happen in Texas sometimes? Is it like Texas man Texas nobody man thing? beats Florida man. Florida man has still got it. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah that's the king. probably true. <laughs> well, uh, they responded. Responded officers responded to a uh, a shooting in a Crump food store. And uh, basically, what happened is there was a gentleman helping uh, somebody with uh, groceries to their car. And when uh, the employee was placing the groceries down in the backseat of the vehicle uh, near a dog who I think he was trying to say hello, yeah, he began to pet the dog. And maybe the dog's foot got stuck in the trigger or something of a 22 and struck the employee in the chest.
1: So, the reason why this happens more, something like this, in Texas or Florida is because like in new york you would never just have a gun laying in the seat there's too much too much legal you know which i, I hate to give a sort of a tip of the cap to new york but that's <laughs> what, that's what they would say they would say that's why this doesn't happen in new york because you know we have strict strictest gun laws in the country but at some point you know florida texas new york massachusetts I, you have to be responsible
0: i think less i would put a firearm in my backseat of my car no problem it would not be loaded most likely yep and i would never do it loaded or unloaded with a animal running around and i also this possible reason right i would so uh in the supermarkets
1: by us and todd i don't know if it's like this in arizona but supermarkets by us it was it was a result of a covid thing but you can just drive up yeah and they'll come out and put the growth like you just say you know put them in the trunk put them in the whatever and they come out they open the door they put the stuff in and so, I would never do this if I was like, "Oh, I'm going to the local grocery, and I'm going to have the guy put this in the back seat." Oh, let me just leave my 20, <laughs> yeah. my 22 in the back. You know, yeah, it's
0: just a
2: 22. Yeah,
1: I mean, your your armor does stop 22, right? So, like, if he was wearing your body armor, he would've been fine.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and 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 that's you know, I, I haven't heard of a, a a shopping clerk or loader wear body armor, but you know, <laughs> you know, we 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 do have. Postal carriers or canna, cannabis dispensary uh, clerks wear body armor, just or convenience store workers wear body armor, just because you know. Again, they've seen those threats come at them, and yeah. it, it's something.
0: So.
1: Listen, it's rough out there in the street.
0: Well, you, you got to protect yourself. This is under investigation still, and uh, you know it appears to be accidental at this time, but uh, we'll see what happens. Good luck. Yeah, it was a crazy
1: story. I mean. There's not much more to say about it, but, uh, you know, no. you had mentioned earlier, Todd, about the uh, stuff going on in Israel. And so this is from the reload.com. And <clears throat> I had heard about this somewhere. I was listening to something about them changing their uh, carry firearms for self-defense in Israel. So Israel does not have a Second Amendment of sorts. Uh, obviously, we all know about their military. You know, basically everyone does a stint in the military in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as much as that is allowed, that you know firearms are only for those people um, for the most part. So they're now saying it'll be easier for um, Israelis to carry firearms for self-defense. The Israeli Minister of National Security announced on Sunday that he has ordered officials that are responsible for issuing gun licenses to broaden its standards. And he wants more Israelis to be able to legally arm themselves. So I guess a step in the right direction for what's a lack of a second amendment.
0: I'm curious what the standards are now.
1: So a little later on, I'll get to some of these things that he talked about, but um, his order is to allow as many citizens as possible to arm themselves. And he uh, wants to put it in place immediately. And so this is very reminiscent of what we saw uh, with the Ukraine government uh, after the Russian attack. And Ukraine was uh, distributed 10,000 rifles to civilians. And then uh, fast forward, that bolstering of defense with civilian resistance actually allowed uh, Russians to, to, sorry, for them to push Russians away from their capital city. So you know, an armed society in these situations is very, very helpful. I love when people say, well, you know, we have the military. Like, what do we? What do you need a gun for? And it's like, well, you know what? When you can arm every man, woman, and, you know, capable uh, young adult, it, it goes a long way in, in uh, aiding in those efforts.
0: So. So are you curious? Yeah. Um, so to obtain a permit to possess a firearm in Israel uh, prior to whatever changes. I'll add coming, some of the changes, yep. yep. Um, an applicant must uh, be a permanent resident of Israel for three consecutive years prior to making uh, an application for a permit, at least 21 years of age, be a permanent resident of Israel um, who's completed their national military service. So that's, you know, you had to go through the military service first. Yep. And uh, any person who served in the IDF, they can receive a firearms license at the age of 18. So I don't know if you can maybe join
1: so earlier. some of this stuff is crazy because, so the first change that they're trying to do is they're trying to move it from an in-person interview to a phone interview.
0: So that's not even on here.
1: Yeah. So, well, these are the changes. They're hoping to be able to get people to receive, this is crazy, receive permission to carry a firearm within a week. Wow. That that to me was like, holy moly. Like That's crazy. Imagine like just going and getting a gun in a week like a permit to uh, carry. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, what's it like in Arizona Todd? Like, Is it, I, I, is it, are you a
2: constitutional carry or? Yeah. Um, it's a constitutional carry. Um, I believe you have to obviously apply and, and you may have to take a class. Um, okay. but yeah, you, you see people conceal carry all over. I mean, it's, it's, it's everywhere. So, yeah, so, and I've
0: had a couple more things that maybe are a little there. They sound worse than what I had read before, but they have to uh, complete. They used to have to complete an extensive course, unless that's changed mm-hmm. uh, to prove their proficiency. So similar to like what we have in, in New York um, and they're subject to security chest uh, checks. They're allowed a single handgun and a limit of 50 rounds. Yeah. So, OK, there are some changes
1: here. So the second change is that they are. Allowing anyone who had a permit to purchase a firearm in 2023, but didn't do so before the license expired, uh-huh. they can get it without going through the process. That was one thing. Okay. Another, 1,800 citizens would also be allowed to retrieve a gun that they were forced to give up in the last six months because the owner didn't get their refresher training. Oh, so yeah. Um, they. This one made me laugh. It's going to make you laugh. They raise the ammunition purchase from 50 rounds to, you ready? Drum roll. 100. 100. Yeah. Which is crazy, uh, you know. And but is that
0: daily? Is it yearly? It doesn't
1: say. I mean, I'm sure it's. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know that. I'm not gonna, you know, pretend I do. But what what I find not here, that <laughs> That's yeah a week I got 700 yeah what I and then you go through it on the weekend <laughs> less um, than that yeah uh, so <clears throat> what I find interesting about this or why I really wanted to talk about this is this is the stuff that. And you're never going to change the minds of idiots, but this is the stuff when we look at that list of the Halloween candy, and you look at Connecticut and New Jersey and New York and California and Illinois, this is the stuff where they can't guarantee our safety, right? Like, yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe they don't want to admit that. Right. But these are actual examples of where having an armed citizenry is 100% useful. And they just won't they just won't acknowledge it. You they know, as we're even going through it. they
0: won't even make the correlation. Yeah. They won't even put it in a parallel space. No, hundred percent
1: not. So it's just frustrating. I mean, you know, and it's kind of like pissing in the wind a lot of the time. Anyway, I do not that I like seeing what's happening to uh, Israel Israel, but I do like to see these sort of test cases of here's a reason that supports my reasoning for wanting to have a firearm, you know, to have guns, to have Lots of ammo, not a hundred. Yeah. I mean, the
0: next time, you know, an anti-gunner like starts coming at you a little bit, you can just be like, you know, what do you think? You think, you think Israels should be able to defend themselves now? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. Like Ukrainians, you know, they should be able to defend themselves. Definitely. Yeah. Well, what I've actually
1: brought this up to people who I know that are like kind of anti and they're always just, it's so close-minded because they'll actually say stuff like, oh, but that's not going to happen here. You know, like we've never been attacked. We have the strongest military uh, in the world. Yes, we have. <laughs> yeah, right. Not, not, not traditional military sense.
0: Right. Uh, well, I mean, I, I call Pearl Harbor. Yeah, I mean, I'm Pearl Harbor, and I was yeah. in, you know, nine eleven. Sure. Yeah, that's another. another you know, more but, recent.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't have to talk too much about Israel. I just think it's interesting that they're going through this, and they recognize that hey, we kind of screwed up here. We need to get more people guns. All right, so Keith, you're gonna close out the show. You have I I, I, I love this story. So Todd, <laughs> oh, yeah. Todd, I don't know where you stand on the social media realm. I'm sure you have to use it a little for business, but yeah. Keith hates it, and uh, <laughs> I, I would I would borderline go on he if he could, he would have a um, a CB radio instead of a cell phone, and <laughs> and he would have a tube TV instead of a smart TV. So, this next article, it just says Keith, screams Keith. Yeah. Well,
0: I guess that makes a whole lot of sense why this was even in my algorithm, (laughs) (laughs) that description that you just gave. Because your phone is listening to you. (laughs) Yeah. Here's your cursing out uh, technology. For some reason, uh, in my algorithm, is things on the Amish. And (laughs) uh, I came across a couple weeks back, we had the emergency test. Uh, everyone was probably familiar with it. Their phone went off at or, yeah. you know late in the afternoon. Well, my son told me about this first. He he saw about it, and you know he's he's young still, and he's like you know, hey dad, I uh, just want to let you know tomorrow or <laughs> two days from now or whatever. It was it was a couple of days before before it was mainstream news for sure. Uh, there was going to be this emergency test. Well, apparently, a whole group of Amish men got discovered uh, outed <laughs> outed for having cell phones because they didn't know that this was going to happen and they're out there in places where they shouldn't be well they're not allowed to have a cell phone at all but where they really shouldn't be having cell phones and they got caught and uh some of them might uh, might get kicked out of the amish for it <laughs> god wow. Man, you you get kicked out of the amish you fucked up well, you know, you know the you, rum, the, rum the spring, rules are simple. What, what's it? The Rumspringer is that what they call it when they get their little month of uh, like freedom and they get to experience the West? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, maybe I'm just deep in Amish.
1: You clearly <laughs> are. It's in your algorithm. It's you're. <laughs> are you trying to become Amish?
0: No, I I listen. I, I, my wife and I have definitely got caught up in a couple of those Amish you're shows a, a King, while King, back. You're a fan of Kingpin? Is that the Kingpin <laughs> is a great movie? Absolutely awesome movie. <laughs> Roy Munson. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and uh, cousin Brian lives up north, and he's got a couple of Amish friends. And when I go up there to visit, they're mm. the nicest people. Like they they trade things, they help each yeah. other out. But anyway, uh, Todd, do they
1: have Amish in Arizona?
0: <laughs> no, none in Arizona. I've got a good friend that
2: lives in Pennsylvania, though. That's yeah. pretty close to them, and and it's uh, you know maybe that's the way. I mean, it's a simpler lifestyle, and 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 they seem happier. I think the phones have. Uh, really mess with people's mindset, you yeah. Know? And so, uh, you know, maybe they're, maybe they got it dialed in. Well, I just think it's funny because clearly you
1: have like, like this is what I picture. You have these like younger, younger, like hipper Amish, <laughs> like 21 year olds. And like, they're calling their like fathers like boomers. And they're like, you know, you boomer, like you won't even have a, re- a refrigerator that a, plugs in. A you butter
2: churner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and,
1: uh, you know, so they have these like these parents and grandparents that they're, they're like looking at like boomers. Our kids are like s- sneaking off like vape. Their kids are like sneaking off cell phones. They're like firing off a, a tweet in the bathroom, you know. <laughs> And so I, I just figure I, I like picture them all being in a room, and that emergency well, it, response goes. It, you're off. not
0: far off. Like the this article, like w- it was a guy that does is an ex Amish guy, mm-hmm. and he does these YouTube videos, and you're really deep into this, and. Uh, he just compares things, right? And he talks about his past as an Amish and what he does now. Well, anyway, he's like the supplier of these cell phones to the Amish. Like one of his Amish buddies wow. are like – because he lives there still. He lives nearby. So he's like the so, – it would be like the version of like an 80s crack dealer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But for cell phones right. or, or for an Amish, not non-Amish things. That it's, crack, it's crack for them. crack for them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he sold a bunch of guys and, you know – they all kind of said, hey, what the heck happened? You know, they didn't know. And he goes, I guess I uh, have to do a better job at telling my Amish buddies this is coming, you know? Do you think he,
1: like, like goes to, like, parking lots and he, like, like unfolds like a handkerchief and it's got, <laughs> got like, a cell phone in Looks it? Looks around the corner. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Where do they meet, do you think? And do you think that they got to show up in a horse and a buggy? Yeah, a horse and a buggy in a barn so or something. So sticking on this Amish thing, speaking of horse and buggy, just the other week, I, I didn't send this one to you, but it was also Amish. I had a video of an Amish guy drifting a horse and buggy. Really? Yeah, it was cool. There were sparks flying in the road. It was really cool. That's badass. Yeah, it was pretty badass. Yeah. See, Amish are Amish are fun. They're I, drifting horse and buggies. I, I could get into that.
1: I've been to the Pennsylvania Dutch. I've been to Amish country. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, you had mentioned that side about Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's very big in Pennsylvania. It's actually we have a little little bit of it in New York, like you were saying. Yeah. Upstate. Um, yeah, upstate, and. Uh, then there's the Mennonites, yeah, they're
0: like like Amish light, yeah, they're Amish light. They can have electric, you know, some stuff okay. like that. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah,
2: so there's always there's always a little workaround, you know, that I've,
0: uh, <laughs> every religion uh, right, Todd? Uh, oh, every, every religion <laughs>
2: I, I'm, I'm going to leave you guys with something that, that, that I just heard and I just I couldn't believe it. Um, there's a practice called soaking which the younger teens are uh, doing that are Mormon in Utah. Ooh, oh, and so you guys could probably do a whole podcast on that. So what is it? You'll, it? you'll have to look it up. Okay.
0: So you have something about the Amish I didn't know about. Well, no, this is not the Amish. This was- oh.
2: this, this, Yeah, this is a Mormon, Mormon teens.
0: Oh, Mormon <laughs> teens. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. okay. Thank you.
1: We are definitely going to look that up
0: for sure.
2: All right. Well, I think
1: nice. that'll do it for this episode. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and a very special thanks to Todd for hanging out with us and chopping it up. Be sure to head over to Spartan Armor Systems to check out all of their amazing body armor and newest lightweight ceramic offerings. I know it's the armor that Keith and I rock. We love their stuff. If anyone out there has any opinions on uh, tonight's conversation, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, Discord, or Spotify, and let your voice be heard.